Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Talking about muscle memory, shall we? Well, I've got mine going. It's funny, I turn mine on without even realising it. I, my fingers just... That's weird, isn't it? When your muscle memory <laughs> takes over and your fingers just do it for you and you think, oh, yeah, I've that's been, how it works. <laughs> in, a, in a minute, we'll say hello to everyone. But just, just to finish off this point, I've got um, a bit of a problem this week. Because you know these stream decks that you put me onto? They're oh, yeah. absolutely great. Aren't I love they? them. But... The other day, I had to use my laptop for something, and I, I couldn't remember ah, how to yeah, do something. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, that's what I said last week about how when everybody becomes reliant on the machines, who's going to know how to build the next machines? Yeah, exactly. So, um, the stream decks are absolutely great, but you can become a bit dependent. I, I sort of practice now and again not using them, I think. Yes. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> show, um, what show is it? 171, isn't it? Yeah, it is indeed. I'm looking forward to 180. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be a laugh, wouldn't it? We could have a dart-themed dart show. special, yes. <coughs> um, oh, there we now... go, there we go. But we'll talk yeah, about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, the 30th of November it is today. And um, just the usual reminders, really. AidenBell.com for Aiden and everything he does. TedSalmon.com is for me. If you get lost, everything's there. Audio podcasts. MeWe group links, the whole lot. I've been a bit quiet on the MeWe circuit this week, I'm afraid. In fact, the last fortnight, really. Um, all that usual junk I pile up there <laughs> on a daily basis. Now, I why might hope... that be, Ted? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, nice of you to ask. Um, but yes, the coronavirus is still with me, as you might be able to tell. Um, it, it just doesn't seem to be getting better. But your voice is all right. I remember when I had it, I couldn't get through a sentence without starting to splutter into coughing. So, I mean, that was the, that was the worst part. Whenever when you think you're better, you that's suddenly... typical, isn't it? That's just typical, isn't it? <laughs> you, 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 someone asks you how you are, you start telling them, and before you've even got the sentence out, they start telling you how they bloody well are. That's just typical. Maybe I, I think that's an aging thing. People, people, uh, they're not really interested in how you are. They just want to... <laughs> I have to draw on my own experience to respond to yours, Ted. Oh, that was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I should be the next Prime Minister. We're getting through them quick enough. <laughs> I think maybe it is an ageing thing, though, it, because you're, people are so focused on themselves that they, 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 they pay lip service to saying the right thing to you, but then actually, as soon as they can, they, they start telling you about what's wrong with them. It's probably one of those things that ends up biological and in the DNA. It's a self-preservation thing. Yeah. That we're more anyway, interested I, in looking I, after I, ourselves than other people. I don't really apply that to you because you've been <laughs> most generous and thoughtful and, and, and kind in terms of asking me oh, how thank I've you. been getting on. And how I've been getting on is that it just won't go away. So it is the same as yours, really. And I hope mine doesn't last as long as yours has. But it just, it, you know, I, I feel today, eight days in, well, OK, not as bad as I did for the last two or three days. but. Yeah. And, and as you can tell, I can speak now, which I wasn't able to do before. But but I feel just exhausted. And as soon as I go and do anything, I, or you know, put some groceries away, or or just anything really, yeah, yeah. And you you just afterwards, you you're, you're kind of out of breath and exhausted. 
Well, not wanting to make it all about me, but from my own experience, long COVID is the bugger. I mean, I am indeed still now having a feeling of tightness in my chest and wanting to take care if I'm overexerting myself. And I had it when? End of June, beginning of July. So I'm afraid you may be in for a long ride, Mr. Salmon. This is what JB told me. JB Walsh, who is a consultant in Dublin, who's really been kind um, to me this week. Mm-hmm. He's been on the phone to me and checking on me. He's, he's such a nice p- a person. Anyway, um, and that's what he said to me. He said that, you know, this this will be weeks. You know, that that's what happens with this. It will be weeks. But he did also say to me that um, the harder you're hit with it now, although it doesn't feel like it at the moment, the better it will be for you because your immunity will be stronger. For yes, it. yes. If you've actually had it, then the immunity is better than any vaccine can be. Yes. Yeah, but if, but what his point was that if you had it and you shook it off in two or three days, you wouldn't be as well. Prepared. Oh, I see. The longer you've had it, the better yeah. you're prepared for the next the, time. Okay. Yeah, the, wor- the worse you suffer. Yeah. The 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 better your white blood cells become. That okay. kind of thing. Yeah. Well, let's hope you manage to get through today's show without too much coughing and splattering, yeah. sir. If I if I if not, I'll hand over to you to take the lead. Talking of which, <laughs> talking of which, let me tell you about my heating project. I've got radiators on in the house. Woo! Uh-huh. Well, actually, not woohoo, because they're going to cost us about a thousand pounds a day each at the current rate. But no, um, yeah. it all went well. I used a company called Delonghi. I think I mentioned that on the last show. Yes. Uh, we have. I bought six radiators. Uh, four. Four two and point five k ones and two two k ones, and I've put them in rooms and I've had great fun. I've even learned how to use the digital timers. Pat on the back for Aiden. I've worked oh, them out, okay. and they're lovely. They they even they're even not unattractive. I mean, I couldn't say a radiator is an attractive thing, but they don't deter in the rooms. They look fine where they are. I'm I'm very happy. They're they're positioned. I had a lot of fun with um extra thick cooking foil that I bought on Amazon and and double sided tape. So I've been putting reflective surfaces behind where necessary and around to make sure the heat doesn't get wasted by going into furniture, for instance. Uh, I've bought... Oh, I I went to B&Q and bought seven rolls of... Uh, loft insulation and so I've been I've been doing my fitness training dragging them up to the loft and laying them down so I I feel I've been a good boy this week and I've put some door closers on the doors which we'll come to later so we've now got all the doors um slam in your face when you try to go through them to try to keep the heat in the necessary rooms and um three now of the heaters are now up and running well, I think they they were very attractive. I think I said to you before that, that those panels on the side and the wheels. Um, I thought they they looked like almost futuristic and. Yeah, they look very nice yeah, to me. Yeah, they don't look like, oh, God, what are those great big white goods things you've bunged in the living room? You know, they actually, yeah. they sit there and they're, they're sort of inconspicuous in a relatively attractive way. So that that's fine. And they seem to be pretty efficient. I mean, as I say, I've got them on now because, you know, I live with my elderly mother and I want to make sure she's warm and safe. So her bedroom is now on permanently and the living room comes on and goes off as required. And um, they don't even get monstrously hot. You know, they seem to get to the right sort of tepid temperature to keep the room ticking ticking along without apparent without i hope burning through a lot of electricity very good because indeed i was reminded i think the, the rates go up today as we speak on the first of october oh, i think right. today is the first bloody expensive day of electric and gas charges no, that's tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow. so sorry, sorry today turn, the, turn them all on today yes turn them all on today and <laughs> turn them off tomorrow oh, yeah. yeah i'm a day early yeah okay so, so anyway um, that, that's, that's gone good. well so Pretty thanks good. for thanks for asking aiden <laughs> Talking of weather, I noticed this week um, that 
the next um, kind of 10 days where I live in North Wales is just constant rain. Oh, and, there's lucky for you. <laughs> yeah, so I, my, 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 my time has come at last. So long may it last. And um, I can't imagine we're going to get a cold winter because cold winters and the UK just don't seem to be... I think we're more likely to get dreadful things like um, Hurricane Ian Yes, and, and yes. Weather events like that, rather than rather than the classic cold ponds. winter. Yes, yeah. So you know, so you should anyway. meet my friend Callum. He was over yesterday, and we were chatting about um, the cost of electricity. And he said, "Well, the cheapest time for us in our house is when everyone's away and I'm home alone because I just turn all the heating off. I don't need it." Yeah. And I yeah. said, "Oh yeah, my friend Ted's a polar bear as well. You two should get yeah. on." I, I mean, I I admire you. I mean, I you know, for someone like yourself who's able to stand the cold, indeed enjoys it to an extent. That's very lucky for you in the current climate, yeah, because a yeah, lot of people are really so. worried about, about warming. I mean, for me, for instance, I mean, I'm a central heating baby, so I'm really having to channel my inner Wim Hof at the moment and just put up with the cold because I don't want to be yeah. wasting money heating a room simply because that's what I've been used to all my life. Yeah, yeah. There's lots of ways you can um, you can save money, though, on um, in the home. Um, dishwashers is another one. Dishwasher. Oh, the di- oh, thank you for the slinky link there, Ted. Um, the dishwasher that I purchased and talked about on the show recently is going great guns. I'm really happy with it. It's doing a lovely job of doing the dishes. And although I don't have any actually actual data to back this up, my inclination is that it must be a lot cheaper because it's a, a, a machine that's what two months old by now, and it replaced one that was literally 30 or 40 years old. I mean, it was an absolute beast. And it got me to wondering, and I wonder what you thought, Ted, and maybe the hive mind of our dear listeners... We have a dish. We have a washing machine, a clothes washer, which is older than Stonehenge. I mean, really, we had it before we got the dishwasher. It's been there forever. And when it's in spin cycle, you think the house is going to take off. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it might be financially prudent to actually buy a new one. And although that would cost, what, 100, 200 pounds, whatever, to buy a new one, would we save... Um, potentially save a lot of electricity with a newer machine and therefore it would work out a sensible thing to do. Yeah, it's a good question. Discuss. The only way, <laughs> well, the only way that you'd really find out um, clinically is to, to put meters on yes, things. Yes, yes. And to get a, maybe get an yeah. um, energy consultant to do an assessment or something. But I sort of you have... The, yeah, but I... You, I don't think you can hope to just kind of guess. No, absolutely not. But I still have a hunch. So um, let's see whether anyone else has a hunch or maybe people do have actually better data. Do we think that a new washing machine, a cheap, you know, lower end of the scale, nice and cheap and cheerful, simple washing machine purchase now would actually be substantially cheaper to run than the thing that's older than God in the kitchen at the moment? Going back to dishwashers, yes, um, the, of course, the way you can do it properly is to not turn it on and wash things in a bowl and in the sink. <laughs> don't, 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 turn, don't wash things up um, under running hot taps because then the equation shifts the other way. But the wise um, information apparently is that if you fill up a washing up bowl with washing up water and wash things that way, it saves significantly on the electricity and water used by a dishwasher. I can't argue with that. Unfortunately. (laughs) So what have we got? Yes, let's move on. Into the feedback, shall we? And Gareth Williams is first on an artistic, with a K, 
artist's easel, which he got for 60 quid. I can't paint or draw, but I know someone who can. So I recently bought this for them. While I have not used it myself, I did put it together and can attest to its quality. Made from beech wood. Nice. Ooh, nice. And versatility within its in- intended scope. It serves its purpose well and even looks nice in the house, especially adorned with a work in progress. Paint from any height or any ang- any height. Any height. I suppose... Right, I'll, I'll, I'll paint from 74 feet, shall I? <laughs> he means tall people or short people now we're not at home to mr pedantic <laughs> yeah any height or any angle so if you look at the picture if you look at the picture of this what gareth means obviously is that it you know you can turn it any way which yes. you fancy and have it at any angle and um sit or stand or do whatever you want with it looks really nice doesn't it well first of all well done, Gareth, for paying £62 for a gift for somebody. I wish you were my friend. <laughs> um, I can't even draw a convincing stick, man. This would be useless for me. Pa- uh, drawing and painting is one of the talents I absolutely do not possess with knobs on. But um, if I did, then yes, as you say, I mean, we both went, ooh, at the thought of the wood, which looks lovely. Yeah, um, yeah not something that I'd have the slightest use for, but looks very nice. So hopefully um, Gareth's friend will enjoy it. Something that you might um, get into, one could get into it when one gets older. Your mum, I think, Hazel, was um, dabbling in the, the kind of arts a bit. I've known um, older people that, you know, have a go. My mum's got a little easel and she, when she first got it, she had a go at kind of doing some painting and, you know, I, all right, she didn't, it didn't last very long, but it was something she had a go yeah, at. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I'm still not sure if it appeals to me. It's like golf. People say, oh, you'll play golf when you're older, Aidan. I can't think of anything more boring. Um, yeah, each to their own, I suppose. Indeed. Now, as I get older, there's a link, I, <laughs> my mm-hmm. eyesight is getting worse and worse. And um, <clears throat> I, ha- I, can't, I can't read a thing now without glasses on. So I have um, glasses in every room. You know, I have a couple of nice, proper, decent pairs from boots with the correct prescription. And then I have two or three cheap internet, you know, point plus two whatever it is reading that I just have around the house in case I need to grab a pair of glasses and I found I've found lately that shopping is a drag because I've got my glasses in my back pocket and I have to put them on to read something and then take them off and then I get to the next aisle and then I have to put them on to read again and I was thinking I can't be arsed with all of this I found and bought a pair of flip reading glasses these are great fun um i believe there's a they're they're also called punk glasses so you can get them as sunglasses which also flip and basically it's exactly what it says on the tin you put them on but you can flip them up so you can flip the glasses away from your eyes um which means i can go around tesco with these on looking very cool and stupid um and just flip them down and up as required they're slightly yellow tint, which I don't like, but then all I need them for is reading the details on a packet of yoghurt, so it doesn't really matter. <clears throat> um, you know, and again, it's not a prescription, it's just a plus. I think it's two in my case. So, you know, they're, they're nothing great, but they're reasonably well built. I think you could probably sit on them once or twice without breaking them. Um, and they, they cost £12.40, so they didn't break the bank. And I'm really happy with them. They live in the car. I pop them on when I go into the shops or anywhere else where I think I might need glasses on, glasses off repeatedly. And it makes life considerably easier. What do you think? 
Yeah, very nice. Like, <laughs> That's it, very nice. <laughs> I, I like those, and um, I particularly like the tortoise shell colour ones. Yes, available in, in, in is it two colours, or are there more? I'm, I actually haven't got it up on my screen at the moment. Yeah, there's just two colours. The, 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 yeah. the tortoise shell ones have got the greater range of magnification options available oh, just now. But right. that, that, must, but, that probably changes. Yeah, it goes from 1 to 3.5 if available. Um, I, don't know what, I don't know which one I would... If I was having some, I'm not, I'd have to test them because I have no idea which would suit me best. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Then, yeah, well, it's Amazon. You I can suppose you would back. go through... The, yeah, you could go for the middle one. And say, and then oh, see, try yeah. that. as I say, yeah. you're never going to get absolute crystal clear, pixel perfect vision with these, but it's enough to be able to read. Um, yeah, it's another yeah. another item with a long name. These are called portable flip reading glasses for women's men's blue light blocking light UV blocking glasses, anti fatigue resin lens, eye protection glasses, fashion readers, leopard black. I suppose Amazing. they just want to tell you all about them in the title. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. as I say, nothing nothing of any huge um, quality, but. Good enough, and I'm very happy. A, a company called Amores. Um, Amores. Amores. Ah, Amores. They <laughs> uh, do lots of glasses. If you click through to the Amores store, there's tons and tons of different options, even down to mono, mono, what are those things called? Mono, monocular. Mono, oh, mono, oh, yes, the ones you put in your eye. Oh, how very super. Yeah. Well, listen, oh, I can look at these while you tell us about um, pulses because Pul- it's your turn. Well, this, one of the things that JV told me to get this week was a pulse-ometer, a pulse-oximeter. Start there, <laughs> One of the things that JV told me to get this week was a pulse I'm not editing that out. I'm leaving that in because you had a go at me yes. earlier. <laughs> yes. A pulse-oximeter, um, which some people... You know, if they've got bleeding smart smartphones, they'll have it in their phone. But I haven't. And I got this one, um, as per a suggestion, to manage my um, blood, blood oxygen saturation stuff. And it's supposed to be apparently between 95 and 100. And ever since I tried this thing, it has been between 95 and 100. So it's absolutely fine. He's quite happy with the, the progress. This particular one was £13.99. Takes two triple A's. Hurrah! Um, and you stick it on your finger, much like you see in, you know, going into hospitals and mm-hmm. you see patients on the bed with these things on their fingers permanently. Um, and it gives you a readout of your um, your blood oxygen and your pulse and GPS. I just noticed it's, it. What's, G, what's GPS got to do? I have no it? idea. Does it tell you where you are while you're taking your. That's bizarre. How ridiculous. Anyway, this is one called. Uh, one by. CGC Healthcare, and apparently um, that that's a good make, and it has been good. Put the batteries in, work out how to which way round it goes, which I got wrong first. Should have read the book, and um, uh, <coughs> Fanny's your aunt. Off it goes. You press a little button on it when you got it got it in place, and it um, starts the reading. Great. Fanny's my aunt too. I got one of these way back at the beginning of. Um... Uh, COVID, when they were difficult to come by, um, because again it was advised that, that um, early symptoms of COVID at that time could be <laughs> detected with the with the pulse oximeter. And um, yeah, I've I've I concur with everything you said. Also, recently with my remember this suspected heart issue I've had of late, um, yeah. I actually keep it by the bed. And when I wake up at night and think, "God, blimey, my heart's ticking a bit," I just stick my finger in and I can immediately see my heart rate. So um, right. yeah, I concur. An excellent thing to have about the house and not expensive either. Very good indeed. Plastic punch-free automatic sensor door closer. 
Yeah. I love the way it says sensor. It doesn't have a sensor at all. It just, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it is. Um, in the house, again, with the heating consideration, we obviously want to keep doors closed. I mean, particularly my studio area of the house is at the moment not heated at all, and the door goes straight into the living room, which is. So I've made sure that all the doors have the closer, automatic closing. And you may remember I've brought onto the show in the past these... Um, well, they're, they're door, door closers. It's a sort of uh, metal piece that you put on the door and when the door opens, it goes into tension and so it releases and pushes the door closed behind you. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with the door in our living room is that it's on carpet and moreover, I had put underneath it some sealant to keep, uh, what do you call it, to, to keep the air out. Um, uh, there's a word that I can't think of. Um, basically to keep the cold air out and the warm air in, which means that it was... V- a sausage. The equivalent of a sausage, yes, which meant it was a very frictionful door and the presser push thing wasn't strong enough to close the door, even if I pulled it to put it on its highest... Draft excluder. That's the thing, a sort of draft... Exactly, thank you, Ted, the draft excluder under the door. So, um... I, the, the, the door closer wasn't, do, wasn't cutting the mustard and was just the door was staying open. So I jumped onto our favourite website and sought to see if I could find anything that would also give me a pull effect. And I found plastic punch-free automatic sensor door closers. Two pieces for £9.29, which is actually cheap as chips in Tedland, since you get two of them for four-something <laughs> each. And what it is, is it, I mean, just think of a... It's exactly like a... a, a, a a metal tape measure. You know, you pull it out and let go and it springs back in again. It's exactly that principle. It's like a fishing wire, a metal fishing wire that comes out. Uh, it comes out to about, I don't know, 60 centimetres max. And then when you let go, it flies back in again. So all you do, very simple, it's got little holes prepared. You screw one end into the top of the door. You fix the end of the cable to the door itself. When the door opens, the thing is pulled out and it goes into tension and it pulls to door close. And together, the pull and the push are sufficient to close that door. Because I got two of them, I've put one on another door in the house and it assists that. And it's great fun. And there's an added fun benefit, which is when it pulls, it sort of goes. And it, you, when you're not expecting it, it sounds like somebody talking. And both my mother and I have more than once gone into a room and said, what? And looked around to see who's talking. And yeah. it's the door. So you even get this rather fun noise as you go in and out but very efficient um they work fine they haven't sort of snapped or pinged off or they so far they've been up for about a week um they're doing a super job for a really super price very interesting yeah we we had one of these um things not the the opposite of this wasn't it you had something to hold the door open didn't you that's right that's right yeah a a sort of kickstand thing that you put down that's right yeah because you sent me one over didn't you um, no, no, not you didn't send one over. You sent the grippy. I sent the, the grippy floor. stuff. That was an Aiden Bellism yeah. because my kickstand yeah. was sliding on the floor, so I sent you some grip tape to put in yeah, the right yeah. part of the floor to stop it, which so, is what I still have in my bathroom. Yeah. So presumably, inside this little um, plastic box, there's a, a sprung tension coil. Yes. And, and it just basically pulls the thing towards. Yes, as itself. I say, exactly like a yeah. tape measure. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, um, something physical. You've got to screw it to the, the wood, though. Yes, I mean... Oh, no, there's a sticky pad Well, there. there is. I didn't. I thought that is going to hold for five minutes. I didn't even right. bother with the sticky pad. And there are, also, there are two holes prepared, so I think they know people aren't going to bother with the sticky pad. So I just yeah. screwed it straight in because that holds it considerably more firmly than would a sticky pad, which I'm sure would ping off. And it would probably ping off just at the moment that you open the door and try to walk under it, and it would smack you in the back of the head. So I don't think I wouldn't advocate using the sticky plaster bits. 
No. Because you'd need a sticky plaster it, on your head afterwards. It's interesting that I always have doors open. I know you've got a, a heat issue yes. going on. But I just, I don't, in fact, I'm tempted sometimes to just remove the doors, frankly, because the doors are a bit pointless for me. But yeah, yeah I, I can totally understand that. Use case, I mean, during the summer, I'm the same. I, I get yeah. infuriated with doors, especially as uh, the a lot of them have already had the closers on for more than a year. And it's most annoying in the summer when you have all these doors closing yeah. all the time, certainly. Anyway, yeah, very nice. £9.29 for two. Who could argue with that? Judge Apple good. Air- <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> Apple AirPods is next. Ah. A bit of a techie, bit of a techie one um, from Paul Williams, but that's fine. This is the second generation version. He says I've been using these now for the last three years. They're perfect. So it's a bit of a um, still using, I suppose. They're perfect for walks and taking calls. The price has really dropped and can be bought now for less than a hundred quid if you shop around. They're robust. Battery life is still great. The case charges really quickly. The sound quality is good enough. Siri works as long as <coughs> you don't cough at it. <laughs> you're doing um, very well, sir. Congratulations. And that you're not in a windy location. Works seamlessly with other Apple products. I had tried in-ear earphones, but my ears ache. Here, here. Solidarity, brother. These ones sit well in my ears, and I forget that I've got them in um, even after I've stopped using them kind of thing and the music's finished. They look um, old now compared to the newer models um, because the stalk is bigger, but that's fine. And I agree with him. Actually, I quite like the look of the older ones over the new ones. And I can't, and like him, I can't stand these stupid in-canal bud thingies. I'd much rather have a little stalk. That's great. Um, I recently brought to the show the Marshall ones, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And they... And they're new, and they've got a big stalk as well. I like stalks. No problem at all. Well done. Thank you, Paul. I've never got on with in-ear headphones ever of any kind. I remember once... No. I remember in the, pa- in the past... In the past, I won the PSC draw five times. And that's legit, ladies and gentlemen. That's before I even knew Mr. Litchfield as a friend. I, I just happened to keep winning. And one of the times, I got a beautiful little pair of in-ear headphones... I never put them in once. I ended up giving them to a colleague who made great use of yeah. them because, I, I, for me, I'm just old-fashioned. Cans go over your ears and that's how yeah. it works. Sorry. I do agree. But sometimes um, you... I've, I've got some because sometimes I just don't want to have cans over my head. And also, if you've got to have a wire... Sometimes you want to be able to walk around and listen yes, to things. Yes, but nowadays so, you so can so have you, good old-fashioned over-the-ear cans with which don't you, have wires. You, you know, you can, and I have got those. <clears> but just you know, so, um, partic- uh, particularly when you might be listening all day yes. to, to to something, and I, I I just think they have got a use. And I, and unlike you, I do sometimes use. No, them I totally though. agree. Totally agree. Absolute respect. Slinky link this time is. Aidan doing a rather poor impression of a fly. Gareth Williams brings us an electric fly swatter. 3,000 volts this thing has. Ouch, said the little fly. UV light attracts bugs. It has a foldable handle and it's USB rechargeable and costs only £16. Gareth says an interesting gadget we picked up for use in the summer. It does the trick and works better than newspaper. The light has also proved to be effective in stand mode, helping to ensure pesky, unwelcome insects are dealt with. One or two visitors, having seen it in use, have also picked one up. Now, I just need something to counteract the onset of spider season. 
Yeah, this thing looks like uh, like the, the sort of the, the, the badminton racket of death, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're good, these things. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you have to be um, accurate with them. Um, but if you get one, it's quite a satisfying zap. Yes, I've got I've got my Zapper machine, which is um, an equivalent. I've brought it to the show before, equivalent to the ones you see on the wall of a chip shop. You know. Yes, and, yes, um, and that works really well as well. But you do have to have that on all the time. Yes. Whereas these swatters, you can just use it when you need to use yes. it. Yes. But yes, you need to be accurate. I put a stupid comment in the MeWe group this week. It does happen from time to time, um, which was to say, I think these the ones you mentioned, like the one in the chip shop. I said, yeah. I don't get the hang of these because they're attracting the insects. And surely you want to detract the insects. And of course, it was pointed out to me that these are for situations like a chip shop when the insects are already in situ. And so yeah. you want to attract them to get rid of them. But what amuses me is when you see people outside camping and they have these things on. And you think, yeah, well, you idiot, yeah. you're attracting all the insects from all around the area to come to your tent because you're advertising this thing. But no, I totally take the point that when you're in when you're in an enclosed area, they're excellent. And this fly zapper, as I say, I mean, I guess you have to swing it round madly to sort of catch the fly, don't you? Yeah, you need to you need to um, to, to swipe um, and and catch the spider stuff we did on the show before, um, and I can't remember what it was called now. Yeah, we've spider talked about various spi- various spider deterrent things, haven't we? Was it was it called Spider Away? I Something think. like that. Yes. And um, we did that a while ago. So if you check back in the show notes, Gareth, you might find that one. Because we did have... My sister's got a thing about spiders, and she said that it worked brilliantly well. She, she, do you remember? She, because she went round the edge of her house. That's so right, you, yes, yeah, yes. You, you kind of put this seal around your environment. Yes, and, yeah, like a sort of cult keep... thing. You shall not yeah. come within this circle. <laughs> I've always Indeed. remembered a video I saw years and years ago where somebody showed you how to kill a fly by clapping your hands. And what you oh, do yeah. is you hold your hands about 20 centimetres, sort of six inches above the fly and clap <laughs> your hands together. Because as you clap your hands, it's the pressure, it's the air pressure that causes the fly to take flight. So as you clap your hands, the fly takes flight, mm-hmm. flies directly upwards into the path of your hands coming together. And, and I, I saw I a video... You sharing- I remember you sharing that video. Yeah, yeah. scarily, beautifully wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do remember that and completely forgot about it. So, <coughs> again, we can try and find that for the show notes. <coughs> You're doing all right, sir. Do you need to take any tablets or vitamins? No. Dig, dig. My, my, through talking, though, my, my, I can detect my throat getting sore again. Right. Vitamin D was another thing that um, JB told me to get, which I did. 4,000 IU... Um, international units, is that? No idea. Um, this one is a um, a, a box of uh, 60, but different prices and different... I mean, basically, they're all the same. Vitamin D3 is vitamin D3, and you just take one of these every day. Now, he did point out that this is not a cure for COVID, and that's fair enough. I sh- you should have been taking these daily, or rather, you know, the appropriate amount, um, routinely, along with vitamin um, A and B as well. Sorry, B and C as well. Um, but I haven't been doing that, but I am now. And so, you know, hopefully that that will help my health going forward generally 
if you follow. I do hope so, and I do follow. And coincidentally, I bought some of these myself, only in July. Uh, Sam, my friend who trains me, uh, advised me to do the same and to take some. Um, I was going to say yours are cheaper, Ted, until I noticed. How many did you say you've got in your pot? I think there's 60 in there. Oh, mine? Or is it nine? It might be 90. I've got 365. <laughs> oh, well, perhaps I'm wrong then. There's, there's an awful lot in yeah. there. Yeah. But anyway, and again, just... as you say, basically... Oh, no, 400. Sorry, the only thing 400. that I don't understand and I can't comment on is Sam was very keen that I got bioavailable. I don't. Yeah. I think it's to do with the way that the tablet disperses in your body. I'm sure somebody will write to send us a letter and explain uh, that bioavailable, whatever that means, are, are the better version. But yes, there we are. Vitamin D all round. The, yeah, there is four hundred. Perfect for there. you, Ted, because it means you don't have to go in the sun. You can stay indoors in the cold yeah, which <laughs> and I do still anyway. be healthy. Um, but yeah, there is four hundred in there. How many did you say was in your one? Three hundred and sixty-five. Oh, you got right. four hundred. Yeah, there's Oh, then you're still cheaper than me. There's, there's, there's lots of different options here. There are, here, yes, though. yes. Yeah. Incidentally, Carol. yours were around seven quid, mine, mine were around nine. And right. Gareth Williams spent around, I'm not quite sure until I've opened the link, on an Orion Tools gymnastic bar for... Orion Tools. Orient, now, now. Orion Tools. Orient Tools. Let's just move on swiftly. Um, oh, well, it's currently unavailable on my Amazon, so I still don't know what it costs. But anyway, Gareth says, I picked this up for my gymnastics mad daughter a few months back, and I am very impressed. It is extremely robust and easy to put together. It even takes the weight of my sizable frame, he says. My daughter and her friends love it, spending hours doing various moves on it. Combined with a crash mat, it is perfect for any budding gymnasts. Yeah, I mean, if you could put it... It looks solid, doesn't it? Yeah, it does look solid. And if it works at home for a young child who wants to... um, Or or an older child who wants to do gymnastics, that looks super. I'm assuming it's going to be around the £100 mark without actually being able to find the price. Um, there's, a, there's, there's a similar one there for yeah. 85. So, Adjustable. Yeah. There's a picture there of somebody doing ballet. You can use it as a ballet bar. Um, yeah. What's not to love? It's even available in pink. My, when we were growing up as kids, my sister was really into gymnastics. She used to um, go to clubs and she entered competitions and she just she was really heavily into it. Won awards and all mm-hmm. sorts. Oh, right. Um, and she would have loved one of these yeah. because... Um, she had the only time she could really do gymnastics on any equipment was when she went to the clubs. Uh, I don't think back in the 1960s and 70s you could really. Well, maybe you could buy them, but we did, we certainly didn't have. Them yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Um, and and this looks really well made. Looks really solid. If you look at the the tube, the, presumably it's steel tubes. Yes. Um, they they all look really thick and and sturdy. Yeah. But nevertheless, shape. folks, take care, especially where children are involved. Make sure everything is properly yeah. put together and safely used. Which I'm sure Gareth would do. Indeed, indeed. Um, Daniel Bemis is next on the Ray Grund Bamboo Sink Shelf Corner thing. Goodness, may I just say, I've been saying Daniel Bemis. <coughs> Have I been doing the poor man an injustice? I apologise, Daniel, if I've been mispronouncing your name all these weeks. What have you been calling him? Bemis. What did I say? Bemis. Did I? I don't know. Now well, we don't Daniel, know. Do tell us, Daniel. Daniel B. Miss. <laughs> B. Miss the information. Oh, very good. Sorry, yeah. carry on, Ted. These shelves work well and cost $50 each, he says. He is in America, obviously, and he bought them from Ikea in America. Rather than buying a new vanity and sink, I can simply put one of these in our guest bathroom. And it sits in the corner and it 
does the job. This is pages loading very slowly. I'm looking at it and it's beautiful again. Wood to to drool over. Yeah, yeah. That, it looks lovely, doesn't it? It's, it's it's not exactly mahogany. It's bamboo, but it you know it's a perfect little thing. And I'm sure that you could just screw the thing together uh, with um, a screwdriver and um, sit it in the corner. Oh, Great I think idea. bamboo is the new oak, isn't it? I mean, bamboo is, is, the, oh, is, is the trendy thing these days. I mean, you can get socks and sheets made of bamboo as well. It's just ridiculous oh, right, stuff, yeah. isn't it? I think Chris Kelly was talking about that. That's right. And you oh, and I he, have both... Hey, he's gone very quiet. Where's he gone? <laughs> you and I have both bought um, bamboo desk things, haven't we? Haven't we? Yeah, Shelves yeah, and we have. paper holders right. and pen things and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Good grief, sir. It's 37 minutes in and we haven't had a jingle. Let's put that to right. Wow. Still using and still using. Once again, I've not been able to track this down in the show notes, but I know we discussed it on show, and I bought it in January 2020 after, I think, a recommendation from your good self, Ted. Do you remember yeah. the Millwood Ruler template rack? Again, Beechwood. There oh, we are yeah. with the lovely wood again. Um, you found this thing which is supposed to... I'm assuming that the mad professor puts it in his um, works workroom and stands his rulers and templates in it. Um, oh. in it. But actually what I do with it and have done since we ha- got it two years ago is it sits beside the back door and makes the perfect letter holder. Letters, yeah. Um, because, yeah. you know, I, I, in our kitchen, the back door is quite close to the sink. And if we're not careful, things that we put on the surface by the door will end up getting food or water or God knows what on them. But this thing is lovely because it sits up against the wall and we can put anything, letters or if my mother's got a small leaflet that needs to be delivered down the road to a friend or something, they can stand in the slots of this piece of lo- lovely piece of beechwood, or at least it was a lovely piece of beechwood two years ago. Um, and it does the job very well. So, um, is, it, is it knackered now? Well, it's knackered in as much as it has got a little bit wet and dirty in the kitchen over the years, so it's not quite as pristine looking as it was when we got it. And looking at the underside, the underside is very beautiful. The top surface is, is a little... Um, it, what do they say in adverts? Shows signs of wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, No, it's still fine. I mean, it's, it's a solid piece. Oh, it's very nice. Stick it in your new dishwasher. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, there we go. I'm still using it. I'm still very happy with it. I can't remember what it costs, but I've got a link. I should have looked it up before I started speaking. It costs the princely sum of £7.85. Can't go wrong, can you? Oh, and that looks beautiful in the picture, that beechwood. Oh, yeah, Mine doesn't yeah. look like that at all anymore. <laughs> no. We did, we, uh, going back to what I was saying about dishwashers, we, we, we did a, a thing about what to put in dishwashers, didn't we? And it That's turned right, out, yes. You can put all sorts of things in there. And well, including need, fish wrapped up in tinfoil yeah, for that's your right. dinner, yeah. You, you, got, you need to be a bit careful with heat, I suppose. If you put a bit of wood in there, you'd have to put it on a low temperature, but I think it would, it would clean it properly. Really? Wood? Do you think it would clean wood? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah, found yeah, a picture and I've put it in our show notes for you, Ted. You can yeah. see what a sort of state my poor little thing is in now. That's disgusting. I didn't know you could wash wood in a dishwasher. You've got me yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you can. Put it in on a low on a low heating. I'm sure that you would be able to do that. That's disgusting. That looks like a scene from a Polish <laughs> 1980s Kozlowski film. <laughs> 
<laughs> where they're, they're all sat in the, the, these these tenement slums. In, Dear viewer, in the... Ted is looking at a picture of my uh, wooden board. I must admit the kitchen, which was put up in the 60s, hasn't been cleaned since. And, <laughs> yeah, all right, shall we move swiftly on? Tell us about... Yeah. Now, you found a change to the English language that I didn't know about, so this one interests me, Ted, this next if you, item. <laughs> if you were paying attention, you would... This is not a change, because I, this was I was still using, and we spoke about it before. Oh, I see. Well, then I was a stupid last time and didn't notice <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen. The word rice is a verb. It's a ricer. This thing is <laughs> the, the, the Fresh Force potato ricer, and it's still in use regularly. I wouldn't say daily use, but certainly weekly use. It's a. Um, it's basically a um, potato squashing machine. It's a garlic press and for potatoes, isn't it? Yes, a, gar- <laughs> a garlic press for potatoes, exactly. And instead of, instead of um, using one of these kind of plastic um, things to squash your potatoes, to make mashed potatoes, um, you put the potatoes through this thing, pull the lever together... Um, as you say, a bit like you would a garlic press, and the the way in which the potato comes out of the holes is just lovely. Wow. It's a real delight, and you you then lay it across the top of your cottage pie, whatever you're having, and then stick it in the oven, I like and it this. and it puts. It puts air through it, yeah. and it makes these the strands of it just not all lump together. Works really, really well, and it's um. I brought that to whatever works sixty six in September eighteen, still being used, and it was thirty seven quid. It is, yeah. But I think it's it's made really, really solidly. It's it's a real lump, and you don't want to, you know, you it's a it's a weapon. It's incredible. All oh, right. Well, that was um, the two things I wanted to say. Well, first of all, that it's a shame it's thirty seven quid because I would have snapped one up straight away. I love the look of this. And secondly, do you not need the strength of Arnold Schwarzenegger to get a potato through this thing? No, 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 not at all. You just... Mum uses it fine. Goodness. Um, And you just press it in. I suppose there's a lot of leverage on the handle then. Yeah, there is. And and you can see... I don't know if you can see from the, the photograph that the... The, the 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 middle bit that pushes through the centre bit is is on a pivot, so it's flexible. Um, if you, yes, if you I do. I, I mean. see that. Yes, yeah. yeah. And and you get this kind of cage thingy with it to put the potato in. It, no, it, it it's not hard to use. Ooh, it works perfectly well. Ooh, I am tempted. And you and you you just get a new sort of uh, mashed potato, which is really really nice. Very nice, Ted. Thank you. I'm mm-hmm. I'm sorely tempted, but thirty seven quid is thirty seven quid. It's not cheap as chips. Yes, see what I did there. <laughs> now, listen, I think we've done this before on the show, but um, again, I can't remember. I'm getting old and stupid, so I'm going to bring it on again because it's wonderful. So it's a sort of cheapest chips and still using at the same time. £3.25 pence will buy you an ADAPT adjustable walking stick cane and crutch holder aid. What this is, it's for anyone who has a walking stick who, like my mother, bless her, I really, I feel so sorry for her because she'll arrive somewhere and what do you do with your walking stick? You try to lean it against a table and it comes crashing down with a great noise and disturbs everybody. You you try to put it in the corner and you forget it's there. This thing I discovered some time ago and my mother had one that sort of got lost and went down the hole in the world and, and I was reminded recently to get another one which she's now using again very successfully. What it does is it's a, it sort of clips. It's a small thing it's about, you know, five centimetres long. It clips onto your walking stick and provides a flat 
level at 45 degrees to the walking stick. So basically, it's a sort of hook on the walking stick. So you can then place the walking stick on the edge of a table. And because it's got a sort of rubber part to it, it gives it a friction. So it just sits there. So basically, you just sort of put your walking stick against the table, but it's just off the ground. It's not sitting on the ground. It's actually hanging from this piece what is on the edge of the table and the walking stick is hanging over the edge. I don't know if I'm describing this well, but it works very efficiently. It works surprisingly well. And um, it's it's no problem having it on the walking stick. It's small enough not to be a bother uh, and works very well for three pounds. Uh, even less. It's gone down. It's two pounds eighty nine today. Get in. Well, I found, eventually, after much digging, I found a picture of one in use with a walking stick. They've hidden that well. Blimey. Um, but, yeah, I found a picture of what you're talking about now, and I can see what you mean. Yeah, very nice. Well, there we are. Thank you. I've, that's it. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. time for another jingle. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. What do you want, Ted? I want a Ruark Audio R2 to replace my Ruark Audio R2. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I've got an, a, a Roark Audio R2 Mark III. No, in fact, it might oh, be a Mark III. It's very nice, isn't it? It looks and like Roberts is... on steroids. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. And the R, the, the Mark IV is an upgrade to the Mark II or III, whatever I've got, which I have brought onto the show before. It's a fantastic little machine. It really is ever so, ever so powerful, beautifully made. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruark stuff is made in the UK, or at least designed in the UK, probably made in China by now. But um, this is the fourth generation of this. And I, and I use it routinely because I live in my um, uh, a van situation. Yes. I can't have a great big stacking hi-fi system, so this does the trick. I can plug in my record player into the back because it's got the right um, cables to plug that in um, via a, um, a a preamp, blah, blah, blah. And it's got two speakers on the front, which um, have got this clever thing going on with um, broadening stereo. And it works really, really well. It sounds like the the, the sounds are coming from yes. two, two different parts of the room when they're not really. Um, anyway, so that's the, uh, the, the one I've got. This one upgrades that to the Mark IV. It's 500 quid, which is in keeping with what I paid for mine originally back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've made it um, a bit slimmer, a bit smaller. They've changed the design of it slightly. Um, and, yeah, I, it, it's thoroughly recommended because it, this, this stuff is fantastic and it sounds brilliant. And you get <coughs> you get a um, remote control to use with it. Um, and in uh, your situation, oh no, you, you can carry it from room to room, I guess. You could do if you wanted to not have it plugged into all the things that I've got it plugged into. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you could do if you wanted to. Um, actually, I just noticed that the remote control is now optional. That's a bit of a con. You pay uh, five hundred uh, quid for yeah. this thing, and then another fifteen quid for the remote uh, remote control. Yeah, but if you're uh, going to spend five hundred, what's five hundred and fifteen? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's it's beautiful, beautiful machine. DAB radio, FM radio. You can plug what you like into it. D, you know, Bluetooth speaker. The the whole lot. It, it's just really, really nice. It's got a uh, color LCD screen screen on the front to tell you what's going on. Um, and yeah, really, really nice. It does do all the gubbins with um, the the services I don't use like Spotify. Oh and yes, Deezer. yes, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all that claptrap. If you're young and, and trendy, yeah. Doesn't do the useful one, which would be Google 
uh, YouTube music. But anyway, there you go. Um, and uh, it's just gorgeous, and I would like one of those, but I'm, I haven't got £500 to spend on one. Ah, but that's the point of this section. It's for things we can't afford. It looks lovely, Ted. Again, not really for me, but I do appreciate that is a very, very sexy little system. Well done. And also, there's nothing wrong with mine. Never mind. You want one anyway. <laughs> I tell you what I want. I want another jingle. Better before. Questionnaires. This is a weird one, Ted. I used to love questionnaires. We used to call them questionnaires. I don't think we do anymore. You know, please fill out this form. Give us your opinion on this. Surveys. The surveys, yeah. What did you think of this? What I used to love them. They weren't that common, and I used to enjoy... And, of course, in the old days, you'd sit down with a pen and paper, and it was even more fun to do it analogue. But it was just fun to answer a series of questions, and, you know, whether you took it seriously or not, it was a fun thing to do, and I enjoyed doing it. Now, cut to, what, 20, 30 years later, and we live in a world where... God, you cannot you cannot go to the toilet without 25 companies saying, how was your experience? Please tell us what you thought. Um... But seriously speaking, every... That was where you're meant to laugh. And I then say, but seriously. (laughs) Thank you. Every email correspondence, every phone call, every purchase is now followed by usually an email saying, please rate us. Please tell us about your experience. And that's just put me off. That I now avoid them like the plague. I now say, no, I will not. I go on to, I buy something from Amazon. What did you think of the experience? I get it delivered. What did you think of the delivery? I don't care. Just go away. Um, yeah, it's a shame. I used to enjoy questionnaires and I've been put off them for life. Humph. Yeah. We used to do questionnaires. When I, when I was doing my psyche nurse training, I remember sitting down with patients doing questionnaires. Mm-hmm. Typically, typically with um, what we used to call psych. We used to call psychogeriatrics. I think they're now called something else. Yes. People with intrinsic brain failure right. or something. Anyway, people that um, you, you tested to see um, about their reality orientation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and we used to, I used to really enjoy, same as you, I used to really enjoy sitting down and doing these questionnaires with a pen and paper. Yeah. It was all very good fun and you could um, analyse the data and there wasn't a computer to put it into, but you could, you know, if you yeah. had the energy, you could work out the results and look at, um, you know, mm-hmm. how people were doing and etc. So I agree with you. I, I, I think questionnaires used to be better before and fun and now like most things we've been flooded with them and so they're not fun anymore yeah so do your eyes also raise skyward when you suddenly get an email saying you used our company recently could you tell us what you thought of it and you just think no i couldn't go away and leave me alone i think the raising of the eyebrows has probably stopped now i just delete it yeah totally you are not wanted goodbye Cheese. Oh, I'm putting cheese into room 101. Oh, no, I love well, cheese. Well, I'm not ex- actually putting cheese per se into room 101, because like you, I love cheese. But my mother doesn't, and I respect that. You know, I don't like olives. Other people do. My mother does not like cheese. And thus, I have become aware, shopping for my mother, the over-prevalence of cheese in everything. Not only I'm talking now, let me say I'm I'm talking basically about prepared meals, ready meals or elements of ready meals. I'm not talking about, you know, proper cooking that I should be doing and admit hands up. I'm not. I'm talking about when you go shopping to Tesco and you're buying ready meals or elements to make a ready meal. 
everything's got cheese in. Obviously things that you would expect cheese to be in, Italian products and lasagna and that kind of thing. But, I mean, we had the other day, we had a, it was a chicken and ham thing in a pastry and it said in, in, in a cream sauce and it turned out to have cheese in it. Um, everything has cheese in it. You buy something, you go, this tastes a bit cheesy. Oh yeah, we've got a chicken Kiev. And we said, this feels like it's got cheese. And we looked in there and then down in the recipe, in the middle of the ingredients, miles away from anywhere, was cheese. What is it with cheese? Is cheese so cheap to produce that they just bung it in everything because it's a cheap ingredient? Or is it some government decree that cheese is in some way healthier than we think it isn't? What is it with cheese? Please, enough of the cheese already. Um, I'm wondering when they're going to start changing the spelling of chicken Kiev to chicken Kiev. <laughs> I wonder well, if that's going to make it. Thank you for your sympathy there and your empathy to my cause. I shall tell my I, mother, you're going to have thought, to eat cheese, but Ted's decided that we're saying chicken Kiev from now on. I thought that chicken Kiev. <laughs> I thought that chicken Kiev had cheese in it as a main ingredient well, in the middle, uh, doesn't chicken it? Chicken Kiev, Kiev is traditionally garlic filled. Yes, nowadays oh, yeah, you garlic, can get a cheese it? version, you can get yeah, a mushroom yeah, okay, version, okay. you can get a cod liver oil version. But no. My my point okay. is that even recipes and elements of food that don't purport to have cheese in, when you buy it and you eat it and you go, this tastes of cheese, and you look in the ingredients, it turns out that there's cheese in bloody everything. Why? Yeah, yeah. I, the reason being because it's cheap and it's um, got protein in it and it can be passed off as food. Yeah. Your turn. What? <laughs> Matt, Matt Jones has written in to say that he's fed up with stupid colour names Char, Chalk, Charcoal, obsidi, Obsidian, Snow, Starlight, Space Grey, Sort of Sea Foam Enough! <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Let's have actual colour names please And if you need to be real precise Then use the RAL system or something I had to look that up, I've never heard of it but apparently that's a thing which um, um, drills down all sorts of different colours and tells you what's what. Anyway, anyway, my res my response to this was that I reject this for room 101, so you can adjudicate and see if it goes okay. in or not. I think the the the, the rich tapestry of the colours of life are are are. are I don't know. In in the kind of nineteen forties and nineteen fifties, everyone went walked around in black or brown or grey, and and life was just not very colourful. Whereas these days, you know, I mean, I walk around half the time with um, lounge trousers on, and they're every colour there is in the in the rainbow, and it's just fun and interesting and different. And why not have colours rather than not have colours? But I suppose he's only really complaining about the naming here. So I'll shut up now, and you can adjudicate. Well, my adjudication is I'm I'm sorry, Matt. I'm on your side, Ted, because I mean, you you Yay. want to say I've got a nice pair of charcoal coloured trousers, not I've got a nice pair of hex six oh one coloured trousers. <laughs> I mean, yes, I appreciate the RAL system. As I said, there's the hex system for the internet. Uh, with the work that I do with video and Photoshop, I'm using RGB colours or or CMYK colours, and again, they all have very boring number representations for colours. I'm sorry, I'm all for the names. I, I, I mean, you know, we all know what yeah. navy blue is. Are we now supposed to say 678 blue or whatever it should be? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, again, for all respect to Matt, each to their own. But for me, I, I, no, I think colour names, I like colour names. I, so I'm, what is, 
Go on. What is obsidian? Uh, I, was, I was trying to pronounce that. What is it? Like? Okay, you... A hard, dark, glass-like volcanic rock formed by the rapid solidification of lava. That's right. So it'll be a it'll be a shade of black is obsidian. Right. There you go. Okay. Anyway, um, I disagree, and so do you. So sorry, Matt. Take your point about names. But I think it, it adds spice to life to make things just a bit different. Anyway, moving on. Moving on, indeed, to Alan Kennedy, who brings us cash machine prompts. I have recently used a cash machine, says Alan, a few times as the takeaway and barbers don't accept non-card payments. On both yeah. occasions, the ATM, different machines, hounded me to check my balance. I'm not 100% sure how many times the first machine asked me, but it was annoying, so I actually counted on the second machine. What should have been a nice, simple £20 withdrawal asked me four times if I wanted to check my balance. I'm not sure what the logic here is. Can there be a way? Can there be a way companies can be making money because people choose to check their balance? It seemed really odd, but a bit annoying. Jeremy Halfman says, I've seen this too, particularly on the note machine branded ATMs, which I believe are independent, so they have to pay their way somehow, I suppose. I understand that part of it is that they get a small fee if you request a balance information, yes. which is additional to the fee uh, they charge your bank just for the cash withdrawal. So maybe there is something to it, that there is a, a you know, there's a there is a, a, a cash up for the people that supply the machines in some situations. Yes, it always comes down to money, doesn't it? Mm. John Tanzer, I now simply refuse to use outlets that only take cash, telling them why I am going elsewhere. Example, one of the two nearby fish and chip shops only takes cash. They are trying to sell the shop. Word on the street is that nobody accepts their accounts, so are clearly a bunch of crooks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, I, I tried to use a, a ca I got a new uh, credit card recently and uh, in order to check that it was working, I put it into the cash machine and I thought, I don't need any money. I'll just ask for my balance. And it said, this is not available on this machine. So I've had the converse problem. I couldn't read my balance even when I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Cash, I, I think going back to John's point, cash still works in lots of situations um, and not necessarily people are being crooks or maybe they are you know two examples for us is that the hairdresser that goes around to my mum's house yes um, she is paid in cash yes and never a receipt is had or asked for or offered the window cleaner is always paid in cash yes never a yeah, receipt same offered, here yes blah, blah, blah. and um I, yes, all right. They might be evading tax, and and John might be quite right. Um, but I think on that kind of level, people are still not expecting. Now, the other thing is that Mum has a cleaner comes in once a fortnight for a couple of hours um, to um, clean. You know, to, to, <laughs> well, I was going to say to top up the effort that we make oh, I see, in yeah. the house, but as you know, because they're getting older now. Anyway. Um, and she has her payment done by, um, you know, through the bank yeah, properly. Yeah. So I, th I think uh, it depends on situations, doesn't yeah. it? Did you know, Mr Salmon, that this very day as we record this podcast, paper money is about to become useless? It's the last day that you can use paper money in shops. Really? You know, we've now gone over to this weird hybrid plastics see-through stuff. Oh, I so I don't mean, I don't mean yeah. money per right. se. I mean the paper right. notes. The old paper notes are yeah, no longer yeah. valid after today. Yeah, right. I didn't know that. How long was it going to be before the, um, they, they're they not valid because they've got the wrong monarch on them? Yes, I did. 
<laughs> well, I heard about that because people were saying, can I still use my passport? Because the Queen's on it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, That's you can. Interesting. I don't know. Um, I suppose they can. And are they going to change every single um, letterbox? In due course, the they are. And I learned an interesting thing. Did you know that um, when they change the monarch, uh, he will now look the other way? The Queen is oh, looking, really? I believe, to the right. I ought to know. It's been there my whole life. Uh, which means that King Charles will now look to the left. They, they really? I suppose it's also easier to tell which monarch you're looking at from which way they're looking. With the, with the demise of the letter and the letterbox and everyone using email, you would think to yourself someone would take the decision to not, at huge expense, go around replacing all the doors on all the letterboxes just for that. They would just leave them. Maybe they will. I don't know if they will. I mean, obviously, they're going to change the money and they're going to change the stamps, etc. But um, I'm not sure about the letterboxes. But I mean, I was amazed because I mean, the the mail have been in the in the in the news lately because of the strikes upcoming. And it's incredible. I mean, they still deliver a hundred billion gazillion letters a day. And you think. Wow, I thought letters were dying, but clearly they're not, because... Yeah, but most of it's all junk, that's the thing. If you, I, I've been monitoring my mum's house for the last fortnight, because they've been away, and only, I would say that um, 5% of it was anything of any right. use. They, I mean, they, they sign up to all sorts of, you yeah. know, like, like people do, all sorts of... Um, um, you know, magazines and and you know, cotton traders brochures yeah. and blah blah, yeah, all the kind of junk like that. Um, but most of it is is actually. I flying. suppose it's a generational thing though, because my mother still sends and receives mail. You know, I mean, because she's also involved with editing, so she'll receive a copy of a magazine she's done or something. But she'll also send occasionally she'll send letters and receive letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think my point was though that. Um, before you no, 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 I know what it. you mean. I know what you mean. You're saying there's but... an enormous amount of junk mail in there as well. <laughs> it's, and it's not it's not stuff that you signed up for. It's just yes. it's stuff that it's stuff that organisations pay the post yes. office to take around. Like, you know, um, a, a gardening equipment Yes, flyer. I mean, like a lot of people, we know our post lady, Julie. She's a lovely woman. She comes and does our post. And I feel very sorry for Julie because she comes over and she hands us, you know, sort of five or six postcard size to A4 size printed thing, And they just go straight in the bin without even being yeah, read. Yeah, and I think, exactly. poor woman, she's doing this to every house on her round. Yeah, you know, yeah. there we go. Anyway, the last thing for Room 101, before I start dying, is boots, I'm afraid. I Aww, don't want to really... we like I don't want to give boots. I, I like boots, and I, but there's one thing uh, this Boots are the chemist, really... by the way, ladies and gentlemen, not, not the things you put on your feet. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> um, one thing this week that just really got up my nose, apart from COVID, um, uh, about boots was that they refused to bring my antibiotics. So here's me. I'm phoning them up and saying to them, um, the doctor's given me antibiotics prescription, which they're going to bring to you, which because it's just across the road. Um, and can you bring it up to the house? Because I'm, I'm po- COVID positive. I've got no one here to um, to in the house with me. And um, I've got, you know, if I come down to your shop, I'm going to be bringing COVID with me. Nope, they wouldn't deliver it. Their their approach was everyone must know at least one person who could pop in for them and pick it up. And I, you know, and and I started having this argument with them. I was like, I don't. I don't know anyone. Which wasn't true, because in the end I did get someone. But, um, you know, they, they just seem to be 
encouraging infected people yeah, that to come into the shop. Yeah, that is weird. That is bizarre. But, yeah. Yeah. Why would you do that? Anyway, I, I understand that they're pushed and they've got, um, you know, like they're busy and all the rest of it. But even so, I think they should be protecting their other customers from people like me rocking up with a positive test on me. Yeah, I suppose the problem is they want to be able to dispense, but if dispensing means you have to offer a delivery service, then maybe they can, they'd have to stop dispensing completely. Or what you're saying yeah. is they're going to have to instigate a delivery service. That's what you want them to do. Well, it, during COVID, they did. Yeah. This is what I don't, I don't, I don't I quite understand it because during COVID, when mum and dad were locked down, not because they had COVID, but because they were um, vulnerable older people, they were delivering to the house. So suddenly, they've decided, oh, they're not doing that anymore. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, time for our favourite jingle. I'm going to give a gold oh, star. Isn't that a lovely jingle? Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think everyone's so sick of A, the jingle, and B, us talking about the blessed it's the, jingle. It's the, it's the lovely bass line. <laughs> uh, this is a quick one, anyway. This is a quick gold star for DeLonghi. Uh, not DeLonghi, but DeLonghi, the, um, who normally make coffee machines, but as I discovered, also make radiators. They're clearly a huge company. I had to phone them a couple of times. And, um, you know, they say if you want to be put through to coffee machines or to heating or to whatever the various departments are, and then they're partnered with various other companies I can't remember the names of now. Huge organisation. But I wanted to say my experience has been fabulous. I think I told the story on the last show of how I had six boxes delivered and the guy didn't ring the doorbell. And oh, when yeah. I complained to DeLonghi, they instantly and without question took 10% off the bill and apologised profusely. And that 10% indeed mm. arrived back in my account. Two of the radiators, through my fault, not theirs, were not right. And I wanted to exchange them. I sent them back. That was no problem. I got the refund straight through. I had to telephone a couple of times because I didn't get receipts from them. You could say that's a, a bad point on their part because I didn't get the correct receipts. But they sent them straight away by email the moment I phoned. So it's just to say I have found this company to be honest, reliable and trustworthy. Um, and thus far, their radiators have also been excellent. So I, you know, I would hesitate to sort of put my hand on my heart and recommend DeLonghi outright to everybody who wants to use them. But my experience so far has been excellent. <laughs> and I, I thank you and your brethren for their applause. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> I'm glad you seem to have thank cheered you. up during the course of this podcast. That's that's what we cheered aim to do. up. Yeah. Oh, very good. See what you did. If there. I'm alive in two weeks' oh. time, then um, I guess that we'll be back. If I'm not alive, then I won't care. The stuff, whatever works, <laughs> I, I won't care. Will we'll I? do a memorial audition. I can't promise you the full state funeral, yeah. but we'll give you what we can. Indeed. Two weeks' time, hopefully. Fingers crossed. We'll be back. AidenBell.com is where you'll find Aiden. TedSalmon.com is where you'll find me and everything that I do links out to everything indeed. If you want to buy me a coffee, no, buy me a Lemsip, no, <laughs> LucasAid, then you can do that at paypal.me forward slash TedSalmon and that will be very much appreciated. Whateverworks.works is our website and where you'll find links to all the stuff we've been 
talking about or trying to talk about on this show today. Um, and don't forget the MeWe group. Yeah, do join us in the MeWe group. Let us know whatever works in your life. And um, if we're still here, we'll bring those to the highlights <laughs> in the coming shows. And if we're not here, then... <laughs> Anything for, more for you to say? No, uh, well done to you, sir. I had COVID no, no, myself and I know what it's like. And um, <laughs> you're doing a good job, sir. So good on you, mate. Thank you so much. I shall now um, shuffle off and try <laughs> and, and sleep. get some rest. Yes. And actually, I've got, to, I've got to go and meet Sainsbury's delivery now. So that's going to be even more exhausting activity for the afternoon. But uh, anyway, that's my problem. Oh, we'll see you in two weeks' time. Don't forget, what whatever works, works. works.